Welcome everyone to Lessons with Mike. Uh, I'm not sure what episode this will end up being, but I'm here with uh, a special guest, Mr. Daniel. Hey, I'm Daniel Harrison. Uh, I'm a friend of Mike's and we went to school together. We met at college at the Abbey. We did. And uh, he worked with me for one hour and then walked <laughs> out. And I respect him so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hated, uh, you know, hate to disappoint a friend, uh, especially one that you know, suck their neck out for you to get you a job, but I also don't want to waste anybody's time. So yeah. I figured that out real quick. They, they don't let me pick out applicants anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's probably my fault. But uh, Daniel, you had some ghost stories you wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I got a couple. Uh, I got a couple strange stories. Um, I'd love to hear about them. Uh, there's one that's personally happened to me. That's probably the uh, the the one that sticks out in my mind the most. Um, but my uh, my step grandpa. I was really close to him. I really just consider my grandpa. He died when I was um, 16 years old, and I'm 27 now. And for a little while, when I was living with my grandmother, there were strange, just strange happenings that started happening around the house. And I thought it was just me at first. Eventually, I'd find out that my my grandma was noticing things too. But one night, I was alone because she would work third shift. Um, so I would just stay at the house by myself and, you know, stay up late. And I was watching TV in the living room. It was about midnight, one o'clock in the morning. When I see something out of the corner of my eye, and I would like to preface this yeah. as I've never, uh, at this point in my life, never had a beer, never smoked a joint, <laughs> completely clear-headed, yeah. A-B student. <laughs> but, uh, but I see something out of the corner of my eye. So I turn and look at uh, look in that direction and I see my step grandpa about four months after he's passed, walk through the house from the dining room area into him and my grandmother's bedroom. Wow. And uh, he wasn't spectral. It's not like I could he see. He looked through like him. an actual person. Yeah, he looked yeah. like flesh and blood. Wow. Uh, and he was wearing his heart, his boxers with hearts on them. And he had a cup of water in his hand because he'd always get up in the middle of the night and get some water. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there kind of dumbstruck, like, cause I, I got a, I got a, like a, a hard three Mississippi visual, like you could yeah. just count it out and I could just watch him walk across the room. Uh, so I knew it wasn't like a flash or something. Yeah. And you were awake. This wasn't like a dream or anything. Oh no, yeah. I was fully awake. Just, you know, up late watching Adult Swim, things yeah. like that. Uh, so I, you know, obviously I'm freaked out. Yeah. I picked my job off the floor and I get up. And I go into my grandma's bedroom and I turn on all the lights. Uh, nothing. I'm, I'm home alone. Right. Yeah. So that that's when I saw him. Uh, but there was just strange things that would happen around the house, like lights flickering and until you would acknowledge them. Uh, like you could say, hey, Roger, cut that out. And then the lights would just wow. stop like that. Um. Everybody would notice that my mom, my grandmother noticed one night uh, she felt somebody crawl into bed next to her after Roger had passed away. And when she turned on the light and looked over, there was like the impression of a body laying in the bed next mm -hmm. to her. Uh, that freaked her out. Um, just all, all kinds of crazy stuff used to happen. And I didn't want to bring it up to my grandma because I was afraid that she would think it was a bad joke, like in bad taste yeah. or something. Uh, but eventually I did. I told her about me seeing him and she was like, oh, I believe you, Daniel. And I was like, no kidding. She was like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about some stuff I've seen. 
See, I've never had an experience like that. <clears throat> but I think that's definitely something that, that could happen. I mean, think about it. If, if you die and part of you is still attached, because mm. he was obviously pretty attached to you and to your grandmother. And some people have been like, oh, this bird, every time I see this bird, uh, that's my husband who died. Mm. There, was, there was a TikTok I saw, uh, a parrot that a family got. And there was an old woman and the parrot recognized her and would speak to her, say, I love you to the woman. And this could mean anything. But the woman thought that the parrot was uh, her dead husband. Oh, wow. Who had passed away. And it's, I've never had anything like that. I've had dreams mm -hmm. that have been a little strange where I'll see my grandpa in dreams. And we're having a conversation and me and him talk about things that are going on in my life that he would never know about mm -hmm. because he wasn't alive at that point. Right. And they, they're very they're, it's different than an actual dream. In the sense that it's a lot more realistic yeah it's more vivid and in most of my dreams i'm looking at myself from like another point of view right but in the dreams like that it's first person point of view yeah yeah i know exactly what yeah. you mean um it's almost like the perspective change makes it more real oh yeah uh, yeah there's more ghosts and more like supernatural happenings in America as opposed to other cultures, because I know other culture, or maybe it's less than because in other cultures like Japan, for instance, mm -hmm. they have uh, the suicide forest where right. if you go in that, it's supposed to be very haunted. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends uh, who lives in a military, who used to live on a military base in Alabama, they said that that was very haunted. They would hear all kinds of happenings and things from previous owners, they would say. So what do you think? Is it more common in here or other cultures? I would I would say that it's probably fairly represented everywhere. Yeah. Uh maybe a little less in places where there's less there's been less tragedy. Um but I definitely believe that places like Japan or I, I've even heard of a lot of hauntings in China. Oh yeah. Uh you know, anybody anywhere can have as, you know, strong of a haunting presence as america yeah. yeah i think so because it's not really about the location it's about the person the individual mm -hmm. a lot of medias portray it as uh someone has unfinished business someone isn't ready to move on or you know the anime bleach yeah 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 they portray it that way it's like oh they're not ready they're still attached to something and it's almost like a buddhist concept you have to free yourself from attachment in order to, you know, move on and escape the cycle. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll be stuck here attached to something, mm -hmm. whether it be a person or a specific place. And I, a lot of movies portray ghosts as like malevolent, but I don't think yeah. that's the case. Uh, in the case of my, my step-grandpa, me and my grandma, we both agreed. Um, it felt very benevolent as opposed yeah. to malevolent. Uh, it didn't feel it was creepy, you know. Yeah, that would. Creep but it wasn't. Anyone. It wasn't like threatening. Yeah, yeah. And he was probably he was just there because he really loved you guys. I mean, yeah. Probably wasn't ready to say goodbye. Yeah. I mean, was it sudden the or unexpected? Yes, it was. Um, it was very unexpected. That's probably exactly it. Then just not quite ready yet. Right. Has right. this continued to happen, or does the, did this stop after a while? Uh, no. It really, it really kind of tapered off after about two after about a year or two oh yeah um it just gradually slowed down and then and then nothing wow that's interesting mm -hmm. so maybe he was finally able to to find peace and to, to move on that, that's the way i'd like to see it um because I, you know we believe 
my family's religious and, and we believe that, you know, in a heaven and a hell and such, not to get into all that, but yeah. uh, we also believe that he was here to just spend a little extra time with us. Maybe to comfort you. Maybe to come. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of uh, my family, I grew, I grew up super religious too, probably mm-hmm. in the same circles as you did. And my family always heard it. Or the way it was always told to me is that there's no ghosts, but sometimes uh, God will send someone that you've lost as an angel. If you're going through a difficult time yeah. or to comfort you in some way. Mm-hmm. That's how I heard it from time to time. That's, that's how I could see it too. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a nice way of looking at it, really. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people are going to be skeptical about that. And that's OK. I mean, yeah, that's fine. You can argue that you see what you want to see or you don't see what you don't want to see. Right. If you're adamant that something's not real, it's not going to be real to you. But if you're adamant mm-hmm. that it is real, it's going to appear real to you. Yeah. There are some people out there who believe really crazy things. And I to- I'll totally uh, concede and say the mind can play tricks on you. Yeah, for sure. But like especially if you're in a really emotional state, mm-hmm. but just because it necessarily wasn't real to someone else, that doesn't mean it wasn't real to the person experiencing it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so far we've mainly been talking about ghosts and spirits that are just left behind because of attachment or something. Mm-hmm. We are talking about uh, the good kind of spirit or ghost, the one that's just there to comfort you. But there's also cases where a spirit could have other intentions. In cases where someone is murdered, uh, the spirit could be hanging around because they haven't gotten justice yet. Right. There have been several instances where cops haven't been able to find any leads and they go to mediums or psychics. And that's a good segue into the next thing we want to talk about. Uh, As opposed to the spirits and ghosts that are just here, the ones that you try to summon or conjure in a way. And there's several ways to do that that people have used throughout history. Uh, seances, uh, Ouija boards, for instance. And you have a story about a Ouija board that you wanted to share. Uh, yes. Um, a couple years ago, I was staying with a couple roommates of mine in a house. And it it was sort of the party house. There's always people over and yeah. guests all over all the time. Um, and around Halloween, we had gotten our hands on a Ouija board. Now, me personally, I... I didn't mess with it. Um, I I kind of erred on the side of, hey, guys, this isn't a good idea. But they decided to take it out into the big shed in the back and, and do it anyways. It was a couple friends of mine. Um, and whenever we went to go check on them, um, we opened the door and the lights were, com- it was completely pitch black inside the room that they were doing the, the Ouija board session with. And apparently they were saying that they had they had gotten in contact with some spirit named Ruby. Uh, but when we went to go check on them, it was pitch black. My friend Cameron answered the door um, and his eyes were wide. Like he looked like a wild animal. Like wow. he looked he was very unhinged, um, even kind of threatening towards me. Um, he was angry that we had come to check on them. And I asked him, I was like. Cameron, how can you see to play the game? It's pitch black in there. And he's like, we can see just fine. And he slammed the door in my face. That's weird. And yeah, for a week after that, I spoke with him and and some of the rest of them. And they said that uh, they felt like a shadow was following them around. Yeah. Um, They felt like they weren't alone, like they were being watched or just even kind of oppressed. Um, And uh, a couple weeks later, uh, one of our friends had ran off with the board 
because we were going to trash it. And he ran off with the board, and we never saw it again. And he told us that he lost it. Um, but that was just, you know, that's very, a little strange, a very strange occurrence. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll never forget the moment, though, that Cameron opened that door and it was pitch black in there. There's no yeah, way they wouldn't they be could... able to see or anything. No, you wouldn't have been able to see your hand in front of your face. And the thing with the I, I don't mess with Ouija boards. I'm not much of a believer in those things, but still, I don't mess with it. Right. It's it's sort of the idea of yeah. uh, why, why test. Exactly. Why like, test fate. Like, I'm not going to go draw a pentagram on the floor and try to summon something. That's no. Right. I got, you, I got extra yeah. candles, Mike. You got extra <laughs> candles. We actually, we're, we're actually going to do live a summoning right now on this podcast. <laughs> on, live on air. Live on air. We're going to summon uh, Satan or whoever. Oh, whoa. Oh, oh no. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you had mentioned uh, oppressive spirits. That's something I was taught a lot about growing up in the church, about how demons could oppress you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, and um, cases of demonic possession, they, they say there's like three levels of it. Yeah. Uh, there's demonic, it goes demonic infestation, which means that a demon is, it's taken over the house because they typically like to take over an object or a location to work on taking over a person. Yeah, to get them freaked out, make them more susceptible. Exactly. Yeah. So the first stage is infestation. And then the second stage is demonic oppression which is where you start to see people get bruises on their body or claw marks and then the third stage is possession yeah that's that's it has this ever happened to you Uh, it's happened to me once or twice where you wake up and you can't move and you feel like there's a heavy weight on your chest Mm -hmm. and for the longest time i thought that was like and you your mind plays tricks on you because it's dark all the lights are off you think maybe you see something but i learned about this in psychology class it's called sleep paralysis yeah that's where people see shadow people yeah a lot of times so what happens is your brain wakes up your senses before your muscles wake up Mm -hmm. so you're able to experience the world around you but you can't move quite yet and the reason this happens is because if your muscles worked in, in accordance with your senses, then if you're in your dream, you punch someone in your dream in real life, your arm is going to make a punching motion. Right, right. Yeah, so your muscles have to be knocked out, basically. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So your subconscious is out there experiencing things in dreamland, but it's keeping your muscles paralyzed while you're asleep. Right. So you don't part. end up hurting yourself. Or... Yeah. Now, yeah. there are cases where this doesn't work, where people go sleepwalking or mm-hmm. uh, Kayla does this. She's my wife. She sleep talks all the time. She'll have, she'll have like full conversations with me. And it's scary. <laughs> like I'll just be sleeping and she'll start saying the most random things. And then when I talk to her back, she gets up. She wakes up and yells at me for waking her up. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last thing I said to you? I don't what remember what. I remember. I remember waking up uh, like a couple nights ago. No, I don't remember uh, this. I, I don't, maybe I was asleep. Yeah, it, maybe we were sleep talking to each other. Maybe, who knows. <laughs> but yeah, that's one thing. A lot of people, they mistake that for possession or a demon right. or whatever. But there is sometimes, I don't know, it looks like there's more going on. Like, And you could say, oh, heroin addiction is a form of a demon or, or an alcohol problem is a form of a demon. I feel like it changes depending on the situation. Like a thousand yeah. years ago or whatnot, what people would have thought as demonic possession were just people who had bad seizures. Right. Um, I, I see exactly where you're coming from. There are people that um, at, now we understand it as multiple personality disorder. Yeah. 
uh, or any of these other mental disorders that, you know, it's not that person's fault and it has no spiritual context. Yeah. Um, I mean, science has thankfully shown us that there there's more than one way to explain. Yeah. Just about anything. Exactly. I mean, what used to be fixed by tying someone down, throwing water on them and chanting in Latin, uh, like an exorcism, that's been replaced with counseling, mental health th- uh, therapy, even the medications that can fix this for most people. Mm. And then you have the really severe mentally ill. In a lot of cases, they need to be institutionalized for a little bit at least. Yeah. Um. Just to, I guess I can kind of plug this show as well because yeah. it may relate Whatever to the want, topic. Yeah. Uh, there's this show I started called Evil. Yeah. Uh, and it's got the guy who plays Luke Cage. Oh, okay. Cool. And uh, he's he's an assessor for the Catholic Church which basically sort of like a priest in training, Mm -hmm. but they send these people to go assess a situation and, and come back to the church and tell them, do you think this is demonic possession or do you think this person has a mental disorder? Yeah. And he teams up with a clinical psychologist who is obviously the skeptic. It's very much a Mulder and Scully. That's so interesting. It's very much a Mulder and Scully X-Files type thing, but you know, they got chemistry and they get along well. Uh, But uh, that shows a perfect example of like how I kind of see it where I do believe that demonic possession can be a real thing. That's just my personal belief. But I also like the assessor's character. He's very realistic, even though he does believe the way that I believe. Yeah. He believes that there is a logical explanation for most things. Most so things, he looks yeah. for that first. If you see someone like if you see a little girl. Uh, like in some of these horror movies, lift up a fully grown man. That's that's supernatural, <laughs> right? It's like yeah. she's either a superhero or there's something else. There's inside something of going her. on, yeah. Or I don't know how realistic the Conjuring movies are, right? Have you seen the most recent one, uh, The Devil Made Me Do It? I did. That I did. one was creepy. That is a that's a very interesting case for anybody yeah. to go um, study because uh, I mean that, that's a true case, and to this day that man. Was found not still guilty. claims, yeah. yeah. He still claims that he was possessed, and maybe he was. Maybe, maybe, he was. maybe he's got multiple personality, and another one took over, or maybe he actually was possessed. Mm-hmm. And recently, I've been hearing a lot of people say it's all aliens, aliens are behind everything. Anything you see is an alien, anything out of the ordinary is an alien. I mentioned this with my brother on the cryptid episode. Some people are going as far as saying even Bigfoot uh, is an alien. My question is, why? Why would an alien... I guess they're just interested in pranking us. Actually, they're <laughs> such an advanced civilization. They just want to prank us. Right. They just There's want to mess with us. a belief that says that we come from aliens. Yes, right? a spermatosis or whatever. I... Spermtosis. Spermtosis. <laughs> sperm, sperm toast? No, uh, abiogenesis. Dang it, she said sperm toast first. I was going to say sperm to- <laughs> Kayla, why do you want sperm toast? That sounds disgusting. So abiogenesis. <laughs> so abiogenesis. Abiogenesis, that's it, right? The theory that we came from uh, life originated. Pa- no, panspermia. <clears throat> that's panspermia. Yeah, where we were seeded on Earth. Yeah, where yeah. life started oh. somewhere else and then... Uh, some sort of meteorite or asteroid that had life on it hit the earth and then evolved from there. That's the theory. I mean, what if it was the asteroid that hit earth and then killed the dinosaurs? Yeah. Wow. That's an interesting, th- but mm-hmm. you would be able to DNA and, al- and 
analyze that, I think. Mm-hmm. If you found like any dinosaur intact, sequence its genome somehow, compare it to a human genome. Oh. If the structures so matched, cool. you could tell if they originated from the same but point. But have you heard that certain blood types actually like there's like um there's one type of blood type that basically has an extra cell or something in it that is not typically found on Earth. Oh. And people are like, oh, that's sidebar there is litter on mars already that's so terrible it is like the nasa space rover or whatever tweeted it uh there's litter on mars from like metal parts that have crashed into the atmosphere from fair warning when i'm on this as like a full like person for the episode when you fully interview me it's just going to be me being a raging liberal about global warming and trash i'm oh, <laughs> oh man. Fair warning. anyway sorry anyway back to uh <laughs> were those uh was that from space debris was that like space um, debris, like yeah. satellites like something i think it was like a previous rover or part of the the ship that carried the rover yeah. oh. they just never figured out how to now the thing i don't get all this money is spent on sending these rovers to mars mm-hmm. but there's no effort in place to send them back right so right. like <laughs> If I was doing science for this organization, I'd be like, okay, we're going to send this rover. It's going to collect some samples. It's going to come back. Real simple. Yeah, but I, th- I think the only reason that they do that is because uh, even with like moon rocks, yeah. they have to go through like a like a very complex process, like yeah. decontamination process. Oh. And that might be easy for like moon rocks in a container. Yeah. But for like an entire rover, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, how, how do you quarantine that thing yeah exactly and something else too like if there are like bacteria on these other planets then no one on earth would have any kind of immunity to those bacteria oh yeah that's true it's the same thing that happened to the native americans they militarily speaking they had better military tactics and if even even though the europeans had guns one native american archer could shoot a whole quiver of arrows before the guy fired a second shot had time to reload because guns then are a lot different than guns now but we'd have no immunity to a space virus we'd all be dead oh yeah mm-hmm. I, well i mean the main reason that you know cortez and spain and portugal were able to conquer these places was well one it was they had better yeah. technology mm-hmm. two they sent um you know they brought diseases and wiped out so many numbers yeah. that they couldn't you know, that they was part of it enough. Yeah, they couldn't coalesce. Yeah, they'd wipe out half their army yeah. from sickness before they'd ever have to fight a battle. But then the third factor is that they recruited tribes. Yeah, they made friends with some tribes, turned them on the other tribes that would not accept them. And and they had military allies from the beginning. Cortez, uh, I know he he played dirty because he came in acting like I'm he, he was acting like a god, basically. And the people t- started worshiping him as a god because, mm-hmm. you know, he was diff- they'd never seen horses before right and they never seen somebody dressed in like full plate metal armor yeah. that glistens in the sun yeah. yeah and he of course played dirty he kidnapped uh what was the aztec chief's name was it tino chintalan or was that the city i, I always montezuma oh, that's, uh, montezuma that's the, yeah yeah so he kidnapped montezuma for a bit and he he played real dirty with that because the aztec capital had way more forces than he did at the time mm. but mm-hmm. It's crazy. Do you think that they have new ghost stories? You know what I mean? Like after, like, I'm sure they had some sort of ghost stories from their own tribal beliefs. And Mm -hmm. then after 
the you think their culture changed of course yeah yeah. but what i'm saying is do you think that also intertwined with the with their ghost stories. And I their don't roots. know. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know if the Aztecs had ghost stories. Yeah. I'm sure Do they you had. Know? Some... Yeah, I think we were going to talk about Day of the Dead earlier. Oh yeah, that's a way of like venerating in like Latin American, Mexico, mm-hmm. South South American countries. It's like a celebration they do to honor the dead. And I know in Japan and China, maybe not so much China, but in Japan, uh, Shintoism is a really big religion. And from my understanding, a big focus on that is ancestral honor shrines to the ancestors mm-hmm. honoring the ancestors and that's not so much of a thing over here in america when you're dead people just kind of have a three-day funeral uh and then we kind of forget about you <laughs> yeah i mean I, I do believe that we 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 love and respect our ancestors of course yeah absolutely and uh, you know you'll walk through someone's house and they just have photos generations of photos yeah. and and they'll have like oh this is my grandfather's uh military uh awards like his medals or here is here's our first family member that went to college this is their Mm -hmm. degree like so we do we do place heavy respect on that but we don't we don't have the shrines is what i was trying to say yeah yeah if anything mainly is i would say probably because of our difference in religion majority religion because we believe that we're going to see them again one day yeah uh or you know many people do but we don't necessarily think that we have to go visit and talk to them on a regular basis. Where in some of these other cultures, they really do believe that every single time you go visit them, it's like going to visit Sam. It's like going to your grandma's house. And you don't want to leave. You don't want to not visit grandma. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to not visit grandma. I try to visit grandma once a week. Oh, you should. Grandma's great. She's great. Everyone go visit your grandmas. Yeah. If you're listening to this right now and you haven't seen your grandma in a while, call you your grandma. Actually, don't call her. Just show up. Yeah. Just show up. Just she, she'll surprise. love it. Here's some flowers. Cook her something to eat. Yeah. Because grandma cooked for you for years. Yeah. Think give, about it. Give her a hug and a kiss on the cheek. Because yeah. grandma's not going to be around forever. That's right. And the older you get, Oh man, we're we're going off topic. But, but see, we do love our ancestors. We do, probably not in the same way, but we do love them. Yeah, yeah. but I I totally I respect that um, in in the Shinto religion, Japanese culture, and mm-hmm. and it's like they do that weekly yeah. and almost daily. But in Mexico, for like Day of the Dead, for instance, that's just like that's the same exact thing. Yeah, they just have one specific day of the year. It's a big festival and everything. Yeah, where it's like the worlds are connected. Mm-hmm. You know, some some cultures believe that a person's spirit will live on until everyone has forgotten them. They uh, they call it the second death. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like um, the moment when family members stop having photos of them and stop praying to them is when their spirit stops to be alive. Yeah, that's dark. Yeah, that's it's, a that's a dark thought. But I can understand why they venerate them. Yeah, to make yeah. sure they're still around. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the Catholic view of uh, purgatory in a way. We the person is trapped in purgatory, so we have to keep praying for them to get them out. Even yeah. actually in, in Catholicism, there are prayers that you do while still on Earth that are supposed to take up the seven years off of purgatory. Off of your own purgatory. Mm-hmm. My hmm. grandparents have they have had this little prayer card that they gave me once. I did it a couple times because I was still stuff. Like so that. what you mean by that is your grandparents think you're going to purgatory for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yes. 100%. <laughs> 100%. That's honestly not too far off from the, the Shintoism we were just discussing. Yeah. In Catholicism, you pray to the saints. Uh, is that right? No. No? Well, you can pray. You pray to God. The saints act as, as an intercessor. Yeah. So you're telling so like, Saint P- hey, so, busy. so you're like, hey, St. Peter, go tell God I've got this issue. 
or saints so and so. No, it's from what I understand, it's more like, and I'm this is coming from a Protestant, yeah. but from what I've researched on it, um, and I really liked how this um, Catholic priest put it. He's like, no, he's like, you pray to God, but you ask the saints to pray for you the same way that you'd ask your mom to pray for you. Right. Like yeah. when you're sick or when you're in need of something, you ask the saints to pray to God for you while you're praying to God the same way that like you're praying to get better yeah. or something, but you're also asking your mom, your aunt, your grandma, hey, will you pray for me? And they're also supposed to have like their own special blessings. Mm. That's how it was explained to me. Like there's a St. Christopher um, necklace that I used to have, and it was supposed to be for the lost or injured animals. And I got that, you know, when I was little, when, when my first cat died. And it was supposed to be like, oh, pray to him and uh, not pray to him, but like pray through him, sort of. Right, right. And it's, it'll help you feel better, basically. Did it help you feel better? But yeah. Well, that's that. good. That's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I cried my, my eyes out. I missed that cat. Aww. <laughs> my first kitten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's love, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, man, this was a really good time chatting with you. Yeah, yeah. I've had a great time. Spirit we'll have to have you back on. Yeah, I'd love to. I I could talk just about anything with you, man. Man, it's we're getting it. We're getting it. We're doing great. Yeah. And the podcast is good. Thank you, everyone who's listening. Uh, like, well, you can't like a podcast, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can give it a thumbs up. I think. Share and subscribe. Yeah, yeah share share subscribe. the podcast. Follow the podcast. Get us up to fifty states and more than way more than fifty countries. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's my <laughs> goal. My goal right now is to have listeners in all fifty states by Labor Day, and Let's make it done. We're at 11 out of 50. Shout out to New York. That's the 11th state. Just got that this morning. Hey. So we're getting there. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Daniel and to my wife, Kayla, for coming I in. Just la- in. Yeah, she just appeared. I'm sorry. Uh, that's like all right. <laughs> like a ghost. We, she was the ghost we summoned earlier. Yeah. yeah. You do look very pale. So, <laughs> all right, everyone. Signing off. See you next time. Bye.